Welcome to today's podcast. Um, this is one of our Safe Timber editions of the QA podcast. And today I have Monica McAllister, who is AD for older people. And we also have Noman Khan, who's one of our graduate interns. And today they're going to tell us about the Blocked Catheter Pathway, which is a recent project. So Monica, what is the project about? Hi, Jared. Well, our project is um, about blocked catheters um, in care homes, as you've rightly said. It is a project that has come from the Enhanced Clinical Care Framework, work that has been led regionally by um, the Department of Health and by the Chief Nursing Officer's Office. This project came about as a number of initiatives to help and support care homes um, and to see how they can provide better help and support to their resident population. It was anticipated that there was a significant increase in residents from care homes who were attending our local ED departments right across the region with block catheters. So we were tasked to see if we could do something to support care homes on how to manage their residents with block catheters. And interestingly, when we started on this journey, actually we couldn't really find any sort of evidence or any information that could actually confirm that actually this was a big issue regionally. So we undertook and started to review the ED attendances for the six month period from April 21 to September 2021. We looked at ED attendances right across the region and looked to see the individuals who had attended from a care home who actually their sole reason for attending was in relation to a blocked catheter. Now we undertook this exercise and um, for the Southern Trust, we're able to advise that during that period, there were 26 individuals from care homes who attended, whose only sole reason for attending at that time was because they had a blocked catheter. And interestingly, two of those um, residents accounted for 14 visits in the ED. So actually, we had two residents who actually were frequent attenders to the ED. We also then went out and we undertook a questionnaire with all of our care homes just to try and get a sense from them how they felt in relation to how they managed catheters. And indeed, did they have individuals who were also, who they felt were attending ED or other community or hospital settings because of blocked catheters. So we analysed all of their findings and all of their information. And I suppose we got similar results. We actually found there was actually very small numbers of individuals attending for support with block catheters. That said, we decided to go and review all of those individuals. So in the Southern Trust, we went back and we attended um, and reviewed all of the individuals who had attended during that six month period. That involved close work and partnership with members of the Care Home Support Team and our Southern Trust Continent Specialist Teams. All of those individuals were reviewed and very interestingly, some of those individuals, almost immediately, we were able to remove their catheter. And so they no longer required a catheter. Some of those individuals then went on to have a trial removal of catheter. And some individuals, we put in an alternative plan to enable them to have their, their catheters changed much more frequently. So we decided to have a look at all of that data. Similar stories were coming from our colleagues across the region. And so we decided then that we would move on to a more concentrated pilot area and that we would look at identifying 10 homes, so two homes in each trust area that would take part in a testing part of our project where we would actually go in and do a bigger, deeper dive. 
some of the care homes that attended um, had self-nominated themselves to be part of the project. And some of the care homes that actually participated were actually care homes where they had individuals who the previous summer had been attending ED because of frequent attendees. And we started off then with you, Jared, and our journey with the whole QI project and with the support of No Man. We engaged with the care homes. We met with those that had been selected and we talked them through what we were endeavouring and planning to do. And I suppose we looked then and we reviewed the data. We worked very closely with um, our care home staff. Um, there was an element of training and education. But I suppose almost immediately what we were finding was that there was a need for a catheter passport, a documentation for those individuals who were in receipt of a catheter so that care homes could immediately identify the reason for the catheter, what was the frequency of change of the catheter, and indeed if there was any challenges with changing that catheter. So what we actually did was we introduced a catheter passport and we introduced a troubleshooting guide that we supported our care homes to manage um, and to fill in and complete. It wasn't without its challenges. Very quickly, we did realize that the care homes had little access to a lot of patients' uh, medical information. And so they relied very heavily on trust support to actually support them to fill in their passport. But I suppose the outcome would be is that we now have successfully trialed um, a catheter passport. We also have successfully trialed a troubleshooting guide. And we're probably now at the stages where we're probably able to roll this out and to scale this project up and further. We've had significant success with our residents. Most of our individuals actually have either had a successful removal of a catheter or indeed an alternative plan has been put in place. We only have two individual individuals across the whole of our pilot homes who still have to attend ED, but we have established that that is the appropriate pathway for those individuals at this time. No one, you're, you're a graduate intern and you essentially were a project manager. Um, so. So what, what was some of that experience and how did, how did that work for you? Or just give us the flavour of what that entailed. I, uh, the experience has been amazing, actually. Um, um, there's, there's, there's a very good uh, satisfaction towards the end to see that this project that we've been working on for last uh, half year, it has impacted so much and it is um, making the lives of um, people in care homes very easy. The residents and the carers. Um, so it's, it's been very exciting and there has there, there were um, at times there were there were there were where we were we were, we were looking at project and seeing that it's not going anywhere uh, but the, the hard work that we've been going, doing doing all together as a team has paid off and uh, the project is is well and it's, it's running smoothly now and uh, the experience was amazing. The, the amount of people that I've met and the amount of people that I've worked with and I've, I've learned a lot from, from everyone. Uh, each and everyone has given me something new to learn and, and I've learned from the experience um, and people who've been working in the press for, for a long time and it's, 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 good to be, it's good to be an environment and, and especially be part of this uh, recent project um, where it is impacting people and especially those people who are who are considered the most vulnerable um, in our in our society, i.e., those people who are staying in in care homes. Um, so anything that we could we can we can do to make their lives easier um, is satisfactory, I guess, towards the end. Uh, 
apart from that, in our project team uh, or in our project, we as as Monica has already mentioned, we had ten homes uh, who who had volunteered or were asked to join the the project. Um, so we had two two um, homes from each trust, um, and uh, mainly the homes were chosen because there were there were issues with catheters in those homes. So we thought those would be the best homes so that we can help them. And those were the best homes to trial and, trial and then trial and pilot the study. And if it works in these homes, and there would be, and we thought that it would be more learning for us and to in, in these homes than work and doing project in, in such homes who actually don't really, don't really have any catheters in or homes where there are no issues regarding catheters. So the homes were Jason Court and Castleview from Belfast, Ocride and Croggy Patrick from Southeastern, Tim Taylor and Jonestown from Northern Trust, uh, Nightingale and Sandringham from Southern Trust, Parkview and Mark Moyle from Western Trust. And from East Trust, we had uh, we had uh, committed staff and motivated staff who were, who were assisting us and supporting us throughout the project. And uh, I would like to thank them all. Um, for being part of the project because uh, without them we would not have been uh, to achieve what we have achieved today um, and uh, apart from that the staff in in the care homes as well were thankful to them as well who have been um, who have been adopting to change as we suggested them and uh, when it comes to manage management process it was it was it was it was it was amazing process and it was it gave me a lot to learn especially the skills and transferable skills that I have I have gained throughout this project um, has been as amazing, and and I feel that it will it will greatly impact on my career, and and it's something very good to have, um, especially as as if this was my first professional professional sort of job, um, which actually has given me a lot. It's just actually given me more than what I expected, um, and in in our process, we. Actually, first the, the first bit was that we identified the core project team, uh, especially when, when we needed this project to, to, to run. It was important that we, we, we have those people who are actually going to do the work on ground um, and people who would uh, be in contact with care homes, people who actually are already in roles of uh, supporting the care homes throughout through, through the journey. So uh, through that, we so most important was the confidence leads uh, from East Trust that actually are responsible for uh, for catheter care uh, and also the support uh, the, the trust to manage and and support the care homes through, uh, through for for the for the betterment of the of the residents there and uh, we were we were having meetings so in the beginning we had. Uh, monthly meetings uh, where we would, we would have the entire region and then we would have meetings and, and we would discuss uh, the, the running of the, the project. And as, 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 as the project started running, uh, and we, we realized that there's a need for, 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 the, for the core management group to sit together at least twice, twice once fortnightly or um, so we did. We did that. Um, we were meeting on the condensed leads and support team um, one, once, once in two weeks, or 
at times when there was need for us to meet more frequently, uh, we were meeting once a week or even twice a week, just because we had to get through uh, the documentation that we had. For example, when we had to uh, review the the troubleshooting pathway or the policies that the trust has, um, we started meeting twice a week and create creation or the, or the, or the designing of the project uh, of the of the calendar <coughs> catheter passport took us some time and took us multiple meetings for for it to be agreed on um, because a lot of the trusts are doing they do they do different things they do, they have their own ways of dealing with, with with an issue so it was important that all the contest leads from from different trusts get together and they agree on 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 one one passport and one troubleshooting pathway so that was that was sometimes we needed to meet um, on more regular basis than once a month. And uh, the analysis of ED attendances was important so that we do understand, as what has said, we do understand that where the, where the catheter issues are occurring on a frequent basis. Um, after that, uh, looking at each case individually, and that again was a challenging, challenging part as each uh, trust had to for the each support team or conversely had to have to go into homes to review the patient or care plan for the patient individually and coming up with uh, a patient-centered uh, plan so that uh, so that the best the best outcome comes out for the for the resident. And uh, uh, and then the, the the outcome of all that was that we do design a project uh, Passport and troubleshooting uh, pathway, and it was it was done uh, quite. It was it was it was a good process to go through, and uh, now as 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 the as pilot homes have have, have piloted, um, it is it, it is very important and good document to have in our files. So so it does sound, it does sound like there was an awful lot of work put in, um, both by. The, the trust support teams, the care homes, and, and both yourself and Monica in relating that. I suppose quality improvement is very much about learning, learning as we go and understanding the system. As a graduate intern, it's probably coming to end, the end of your internship. What was the one piece that you learned from this project? If you had one piece of learning, what, what's your key takeaway from, from doing a quality improvement project? I guess the most important thing um, with the quality improvement project is engaging the teams, engaging the key stakeholders. Um, and as soon as they start engaging and as soon as um, they are sitting together, the ideas come up and the solutions starting to flow. Um, we're not, I think, I think it is important that in, even in the future, if, if I am part of such place again, I would make sure that we look at who are the most important stakeholders here, um, and how we can, um, in, in, the, in this in this regard, the residents are the most important uh, uh, stakeholders here because those are the ones who are at the receiving end at the end. And after that, the care home staff, um, who are who, who are the ones who are would be, who are the ones who would need the training um, and the resources that will be will be given them. So those those two. And then, and then the list goes on, uh, but uh, being engaged with the um, stakeholders and, and uh, making, making sure that they're happy with what is happening 
and how this project will run. Uh, I think that is one of the most important things. Okay. Um, maybe if I could bring back in Monica again. Um, and I suppose a lot of this was additional to everyone's day job, is that there was no there was no backfilling to this. So everyone had to try and come together and find time and space. How, how challenging do you think that was? Well, Jared, I think that was incredibly challenging and not only just trying to bring everyone together, but because it was a regional project, trying to recognize who those key stakeholders actually were, because actually we all call our teams very different things right across the region. And um, so trying to make sure, so it did take a number of attempts before we actually really got the people who we really needed. I have to say the staff who did attend were incredibly committed to the process. And that was very clear from the outset. We did try to have much larger groups with larger, larger numbers of stakeholders, st stakeholders but we actually found that actually we just needed a small, tiny group of individuals. They were the ones who were going to go out and deliver um, on the training, the education and embed the embed both the passport and indeed the, um, the troubleshooting guide. And we found actually we were able to progress significantly with just a smaller number of key individuals. But I have to say, whenever we called the meeting, those individuals attended those meetings. We worked very collectively together. We shared great ideas. We started this process without a passport um, and with a number of troubleshooting guides that existed across the region. And we've ended the process with one regional troubleshooting guide and one regional uh, catheter passport. And I suppose the exciting thing that I find about this project is the ability of this to be scaled up. And there is no reason why anyone who actually has a catheter would not, would not be put onto this passport and actually would be given a catheter passport troubleshooting guide. So that part is really exciting. But I'd have to say, identifying the key stakeholders, working very, very closely with our care homes. And it was particularly challenging um, as we did have to pause our project for a short period of time, as we did on mass all try to manage the Omicron uh, variant over the sort of Christmas and early January, February time. And that really did slow us down ever so slightly, but we got ourselves back up, got ourselves motivated. And I think once we actually agreed the tools and um, that we were going to go out and pilot, things became a wee bit easier. I suppose another little learning is that you start a project with what you think your issue is. And you have to change and adapt it. So it's been it's been adapting and being quite flexible with that. So I suppose our key message was we started off because of significant numbers of individuals attending ED with block catheters. Our research would show that that didn't necessarily was the case, but there were definitely inappropriate referrals to cat it to of residents into our ED departments, and the vast majority of those may have been because when the catheter had initially been put in place, there was no exit strategy or any sort of plan as to when we could remove or indeed how long the catheter had to be in place. So I suppose for me, that's pretty exciting because that's about patient safety, patient experience, and about assuring that individuals, while they need um, a catheter for um, a, a certain length of time, it's not something that they then have to live with forever. Follow-up and a process of education and support of the care homes to enable them to ask appropriate questions as to whether these individuals could manage without a catheter. I suppose another part of the, the passport, it isn't just a document that you fill out. It's, it's, it's a living document that's used all the time. And as you rightly said, so some residents had a, had a trial removal, some had a complete removal. And I think we, we also had examples of because they had access to the right support team. 
they were they were able to access urology services and get get appointments a lot sooner than than what they were originally on the waiting. So just because they were in contact with the right person. Absolutely, I would have to say the care homes did love the fact that they were had a single point of contact. They were able to they knew who to contact when they had any difficulties. And while our initial focus was on the individuals who had catheters in a particular care home. A number of these care homes are part of bigger organizations and they were able to share that information right across right across the area. So absolutely just getting signposted more appropriately to the key individuals, whether it was the care home support team across the region or indeed whether it was the continent specialist nurse, we were able to put individuals onto the right pathway. Okay. I suppose as I think about going forward, what would be your key recommendations? in terms of what what also needs to happen if, if we do decide that this should be rolled out, where, where else should we be looking at? Well, I would be really excited to see this um, get rolled out. Um, and what I would like to see is that it's a passport that is, as you've said, it's a living document and it's a live document. And actually where that individual from the care home would actually end up, whether it be at an outpatient appointment or whether it be an ED, that they would take it along with them. And that the information of would all be there, that the consultant, the medic, the nurse who they're actually visiting would be able to look at it, view it, would know the reason for the catheter, they know the type of catheter, they know if there's been any difficulties with the catheter, et cetera. And that if there are any changes made to that individual's plan of care, that it would be amended in the catheter passport and it would indeed be then sent home uh, with the individual to the care home. And I suppose that's what I would like to say back and forth, that it is a live document. But I think I've referenced early. I don't say that this just sits with individuals in care homes. I do believe that there's absolutely scalability to actually move this and share it with everyone who absolutely does have a catheter, especially where there are individuals from the trust um, or other specialist teams involved in those individuals' care. Yeah, and I suppose that continuation of care is so important. Um, from, from, our, from our care home engagement about not knowing the reasons for insertion or the, or the dates of insertion, that, that, that gap in communication that we have. No, absolutely. That, that certainly is one. And I suppose the other thing that we're learning as well is the need for a regulated type training, a standardised um, training for all of our care homes, for all 10 of our care homes. There was different levels of training. There was different frequency of when they attended training really benefit from sort of the one-to-one sort of training that they were getting uh, from the trust teams as part of this pilot. So again, would like to think that we might be able to influence some regional training that then could be offered out to our care homes and agree a frequency for when they need to attend. Because it's not always um, that a care home will have a catheter um, or a patient with a catheter um, in their home. So it would be important that we're able to signpost them appropriately so that they're able to look after these individuals when they do arrive in their home. Well, I, I suppose as we as we near wrap up, um, so we're next. What's the next step in terms of, so you, you prove the concept that a catheter passport and a troubleshooting guide have a role to play. Um, so where do we go now? What's, what's our next step? Well, we're just about to conclude all on the programme, as you've rightly said, Jared, and um, we will feed all of our information and our recommendations back up into the department with the view that hopefully um, they will be going to consider it and hopefully we'll consider it, consider the rollout of it uh, right across all of our care homes. So 
I would be quite hopeful. And um, the feedback that we have received to date has been incredibly positive. Um, and I would be very, very hopeful that um, this project um, is the start of something very exciting. I suppose I suppose the last part is probably to thank Newman as well. I'm sure you'll want to thank him as well for the hard work he's put in. There's not too many graduate interns get thrown in at the deep end um, to, to, to run such a region project so well. So, so it's all credit to you. You've, you've actually done a really, really good job. So you've, you, you've, you've a lot to be proud of and a lot to use going forward in whatever career. Hopefully it's within the public health. You don't, you don't leave us too, too soon. Um, but yeah, you, you've definitely been very good at Noah. You've definitely, you've, you've shown a lot of skill I would just like to echo that actually, um, Jared, um, this project and the success of this project is, is down to a number of very key individuals. Um, no, no less, it, it has been no man because um, he has been sitting right alongside me the whole way and been helping and supporting me and leading um, on this initiative. So absolutely fantastic work, no man. And you're right, he did get uh, pushed into to it at the right at the start, um, but there was no better man for the job and he has worked incredibly hard as to yourself, Jared, uh, from the quality improvement, it's a whole new world as well. And I think as well for the, the residents who participated um, and kindly participated in the project to our care homes, who during a very, very busy time um, also uh, participated. And to all of the trust representatives who give up of their own time um, and attended our meetings and then went on and did our pilots and actually saw this project through to fruition. I just would like to say a massive thank you. It was a real, real team effort. Thank you. Okay, so that concludes our wee podcast today. Hopefully you've got a flavour of such a successful project. Um, we, it'll not be the last you'd hear, and I would like to think that Monica will be applying for a few regional awards um, to, to showcase the good work that can be done by by just engaging the right people, understanding your data and not jumping in with a solution at the very start and understanding what what the real challenge is. So thank you both very much. Um, it's been delightful talking to you. Well done. Thank you, Jared. Thank you, Thanks. Jared.